Hey everyone, I'm Josh Loftus, and this is the Everyday of Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or that person that doesn't know what a zipper merge is, this podcast is for you. This is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to Everyday a Monday. And in the trenches with me today, I have a very special guest. He's an author of books such as Do More Better and Visual Theology. He's an elder at Grace Fellowship Church in Toronto, Canada. And if that's not enough clues for you, you may know him from his blog, chalies.com. I have Mr. Tim Chalies in the podcast chair with me today. Mr. Chalies, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing okay. Thanks for asking. Glad to be here. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on with us. Um, and before we get going, Tim, you and I share a very strong bond that uh, a lot of people might make fun of us for, um, but it's our love for the band Petra. All right. And so I grew up listening to Petra, love Petra, and I found out actually somewhat recently reading one of your blogs, uh, one of your past ones, that you are a huge pet head, as they call them. Yeah, I guess I am. Um, they were the first Christian band I ever got into back when I was way too cool for Christian music. And uh, a friend introduced them to me and I just laughed at him and mocked at him. And then when he slipped out of the room, I grabbed two cassettes, like a blank one and his, and I recorded um, just one track off Beyond Belief. And I just thought, oh, this would be good for some some walls. And um, took it home and listened to it to laugh at him a few times and then went out and bought the tape. And um, ended up listening to it repeatedly and becoming quite a, a fan. And they played a pretty significant role in my life. Now, uh, I know this is way too long for what you wanted to talk about, but the no, funny no, thing no, was, no, no, I love it. My, my mom was like, you can't listen to that Christian rock and roll music stuff. And she was, you know, my, my parents were, were hardly fundamentalist, but still that was, that was a bridge too far for them. And one day I went out to the car and I caught my mom listening to Petra. And that was just like the moment of my childhood, like, that Mom is, awesome. is jamming out to John Schlitt. So, anyways, yeah, big yeah. Petra fan. Fantastic man. So, favorite album, favorite song? Um, yeah, that that varies a little bit from mm-hmm. day to day and era to era. Um, but probably just Beyond Belief is the first album I was introduced to. You rarely do better than that, right? When it's yeah that thing that really shakes up your life. And I always just love the song Beyond Belief. And um, you know, I'm on the rock. Maybe some of these songs played a. A ridiculously big role in my life as I was coming out of a very formal Christian environment, Mm. um, a lot of formality. And then here are people calling essentially, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Have you personally believed in Mm. Jesus Christ? And they just, they changed my life. So I love and appreciate them. And I've had the opportunity to meet a few of them now and again, and I've been uh, glad to express appreciation. So cool. Yeah. 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 No, Petra is a band that's always, it's, it's always there for me. It's mm-hmm. never, I've, I've never, I've never gotten over them, right? I've listened, I've gone into many other genres of music and many other bands, but Petra is, is always the constant. Uh, yeah. Never gotten over great. them, but I'm glad they quit when they did because, yeah, you know, they, it was starting to get a little, yeah. little much. Yeah. But yeah, a little okay. long in the tooth. <laughs> they had their era. They walked away, you know, maybe an album or two too late but no yeah maybe 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 yeah they're not doing the striper thing anything anyway oh wow yeah yeah those guys are yeah those guys are in europe now i think something like that yeah they're all over the place um well tim uh before we get going into just kind of our main topics if you wouldn't mind for those who have perhaps haven't heard of you or haven't read your blog can you just give us just a quick uh bio of who you are and what you do married kids what you do for a living go ahead and, uh, and tell tell us a little bit about you yeah, Tim Challies. I live in Toronto, Canada, and uh, I'm an elder at Grace Fellowship Church in Toronto. 
I've been married for 21 years. I have three children, a son who's 19, a daughter who's 16, and a daughter who's 13. So that's one in primary school, one in high school, and one in college. Uh, my son's down at uh, Southern Seminary in Louisville. My daughter's in high school and primary school locally. And for my day job, I'm a writer. I blog at challenge.com. I write the occasional book and speak at some conferences and travel a little bit and just between it all kind of string together a, an occupation. Very cool. Very cool. So what would you say, uh, specifically as your work as a blogger, what would you say for you is both the, the best and hardest part of, of that, of that job? The hard part is being on my own. Now I'm an introvert, so that's, that's comfortable for me, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily that good for me. So, um, just, I try to go into the church office a day a week and spend time pastoring a day a week. That gets me around colleagues. It gets me around people. That's very good for me. Um, the best part is I get to do what I love. And so I love to write. I think the Lord has gifted me that way and just give an opportunity. And so it's a real blessing to be able to, to do that. And you know, it's a rare privilege to be able to dedicate your life to communication in that way. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a thing you can do very easily on the side, but it's hard to grow it to a full time occupation. So I'm very very thankful and grateful for that that great blessing. Sure, sure. So elder there at Grace, um, what's one aspect of your church that you really really appreciate? So basically, if you were a first time you know if uh, a first time visitor for you, what would be the one of the main things that would keep you coming back into the church? Sure. I think there's the Lord's really blessed us. We see lots of evidences of his grace in the church, and we're pretty deliberate, I think, to recount those to him and to recount those to one another. God's been very, very kind to us through some turbulence of unexpected church plants and stuff where just opportunity presents. And so long before we're really ready to plant, suddenly we're sending 40 people off here and there. And um, the Lord sustained us through it. But I think what... um, you know, beyond the theological foundations and the joy we have in one another, what I love about the church and I find hard when I'm elsewhere is it's a very, very diverse church. And so Toronto, just over half of the population of Toronto has immigrated from a different country, Canada, with this big wave of legal immigration, drawing people from across the world. Many are coming to Toronto and getting saved, just as many are getting saved in their own countries and then immigrating to Toronto as Christians. And it's just okay. been such a blessing to be able to be to be blessed, to be able to be challenged by Christians who are are very, very diverse from all around the world, seeing the world through different cultural lenses, seeing the world through different, um, just a whole different grid. And I think it's really served to keep us honest. You can't take much for granted when other people are seeing the same God through a different lens. It's been very, very shaping. I just love it. I find that very hard to go back to if I were to go to a place that didn't reflect Toronto's diversity. Sure, sure. So why do you think, why the huge influx uh, of people coming into into Toronto? Is there a certain yeah. reason for that? Yeah, Toronto, or sorry, Canada as a country has a big country attitude, but a small country population. So we really believe we are God's gift to the world and we need to uh, take our rightful place within it. But our population is way too small. So we're what, less than 40 million people bordering a country with 10 times that population. And sure. we kind of think we're peers. Um, yeah. And so Canada has really worked on the, the birth rate, of course, and all the Western world is down. And so immigration is a solution. There's lots of countries with lots of people who are eager to move to the developed world and are coming in with very good, very necessary skills. 
And so, um, you know, in America, there's lots of immigration that tends to be of a different kind than what we're talking about in Canada, where it's very um, drawing people in from a lot from India, a lot from China, lots from lots from West Africa and so on, drawing in people with skills, with um, essentially white collar skills, bringing them in and then establishing Canadian businesses uh, even deeper. So it's been it's been a wonderful thing to see. And just again, to get to know the world without leaving has been amazing. And uh, to have friendships and relationships within the church and within the eldership, within uh, mm-hmm. within everything that that is far more reflective of what Toronto is and really what God's kingdom is. It's just a huge blessing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So would you say that they're in Toronto? Because I live in the Seattle area um, here in Washington state and um, uh, especially the area that I live in. It's a very individualistic culture Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not very uh, not there's not much emphasis put on the necessity of community, either definitely in church, but also just kind of in society as a whole. Um, And that that affects the way that a lot of people out here view church, view what it's for, view why it's important. Uh, would you say that you have that problem up there in Toronto or it sounds like you guys are have more of a culture where it's like community is important for you guys. Would you say that's true? Yeah, uh, community is important for our church. Uh, the problem is, like so many churches today, we're a commuter church, not a community church. And so we have the luxury, as many people do, of having several good churches in the city, many good churches in the city, um, which means we can afford to be picky. And I'm not sure we as Christians are doing this very well. But anyways, the way we're looking at church now is we really align ourselves in churches according to theology, but also according to preference. Um, Mm -hmm. Just like with our shopping choices, not many of us go to the closest grocery store. We go to the one that has the brands we want and uh, the level of produce that we want and all of that. And church, I think we're approaching the same way in a kind of consumeristic mentality. Now, that's not necessarily wrong, but I do wonder if eventually we'll start to drift back to more of a community model where Mm -hmm. instead of everybody driving past each other's churches for half an hour, people go to the church in their community. And one of our great hopes as a church is that we're resourcing other churches in the city, uh, helping them grow in strength, internships and pastoral relationships and all of this, and just giving away members so that there can be more and more stronger churches and people can go to one that's closer, or hopefully they can have a, a better ministry. Um, you asked about individualism. I'd say the old school, Western, multi-generational Canadians, yes, we're very individualistic. That's just mm-hmm. the, the air we've breathed from the get-go. Sure. The vast majority of people immigrating to Toronto, so it would be let's say 50 to 55, 60% of my church are from less individualistic cultures or from communal cultures, African or Asian or Indian, um, where family is much more important. Extended family is much more important. And then relationships, uh, Latin Americans. Uh, We didn't know how badly our church needed Latin Americans until Latin Americans came to our church and just loved the way they know to love and called us out just through their example on our own reservedness. There's something about, we see about them. There's something gospelly in the way they behave around one another that's not as deep in my culture. And so that's been one of the great shaping influences is observing other people and as different groups, different cultures come in, don't become more like us. Let's us become more like you. You show us what's great in your culture and we're together gonna practice that. It's been amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Well, and that's that's a small picture of heaven. Yeah. Being an elder there at Grace, how does your church, uh, because of the tons of different cultures that you guys have, the tons of different types of mentality that you have in in, in regards to 
how you view church, how you view community in church. How do you guys encourage and facilitate uh, getting plugged into the community of church and 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 really putting a value on the service there? How do you guys go about doing that as an elder team? Yeah, generally we have three opportunities a week for the church to gather corporately. So we have our mm-hmm. Sunday morning gathering and we're very mm-hmm. committed to never doing two. We will hopefully, this is the kind of thing you say, but we would really want to just keep planting at about 300 people Um, which is about where our gym starts to get uncomfortable. So once we get about, you know, 200, 250, we're starting to think about planting. Where can we send 40 people and a pastor? And we've done that several times over now, and it seems to be effective. It keeps us small, means we can never have more than two, two and a half, three staff members. Um, But we just start hiding people off. But we have three opportunities a week. We have our Sunday morning service, which is we, if you're a member of the church, we want you to be there. We expect participation at that service. We have our Sunday evening service, Sundays at 5 p.m., If you're a member of the church, we'd really like you to come to that. We think it'll be really good for you in terms of community, in terms of um, education as well, because it tends to be topical training in the evening. Um, And it'll also then guard your Sunday. It keeps you honest on Sunday because it bookends the morning and evening. And what you tend to do then is fill the day, not with sports, not with work or other things that may be good, but with people. And so it calls Sunday to be a day set apart. And then Wednesday nights, we have something at the church, which is if you're a member of this church, uh, try to come out as often as you can. And so you can see Sunday morning, full participation, Sunday evening, partial, Wednesday evening, maybe you're down to a third or half of the members then. Um, But through those opportunities, we're calling people to worship together, calling people to serve one another, calling people to serve in different teams, and uh, mostly just to be around one another, a very social church that just loves to be in one another's presence. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fantastic. So... As as you do that, uh, as as the leadership there, obviously you run into run into people. As I'm sure you know, uh, as 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 we do out here, you run into people who are either um, ignorant of of what it means to truly be a good church member and plugging into church and serving there, or you have people that just don't see the value in it, right? right. Um, so how do you go about? Um, explaining to somebody that would come to you and say, Tim, I just, I don't understand the value of church, uh, of, of, of serving in church, of being part of a community, of being part of an accountability structure. Um, how do we go about changing kind of this culture that's very prevalent where I'm at? Sounds like prevalent in some of the pockets that you're at. How do we go about, would you say, changing that culture of that individualistic mentality when it comes specifically to church? Yeah, the the big lie about church is that church exists to serve you. You exist to serve the church. And so the great thing we want to emphasize is if you don't come on Sunday, yes, you will not be served. But even worse, you won't be able to serve anyone. There's someone here on Sunday who needs you. They may need just somebody to talk to. They may need somebody to greet them. In Toronto, it may be you're the only person who's going to speak their language. If you, you know, it's not unusual to have visitors who can't speak English at all or who speak it poorly. And so if you're there, it's been so great when we have a Portuguese speaker and a Portuguese visitors come and you can say, look, just go talk to him. And, and um, you know, you, you can make that link. So we just try to emphasize you come to church so you can serve other people. If you don't come, they cannot be served. You're not using your gifts. Um, that tends to be the opposite of the church growth type of approach, which is more come and get what you can. Um, just like you and I do with whether we choose to go to Best Buy or whatever, you know, what store, where can I get the best mm-hmm. service? Where can I get what I want? Now we want people to, where can you serve? How can you serve? Who can you serve? And do it all for the glory of God. So um, we really want to push people to delight in God, 
for the glory of to the glory of God for the good of all people. Yeah. And so we're delighting in God, which brings God glory. And out of the overflow of our delight in God, now we serve other people. Right, right, right. It's a change of mentality, right, right. And, and I think I think you 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 completely nailed it when you said that. Yeah, there is this mentality that a lot of people have, and that that a lot of Sundays I have. Like I will be, I will, I will I'll I'll fully admit it that it's just this consumer mentality, yeah. right? It's just I'm I'm here to get what I can out of this, and then and I'm going to move on. Um, yeah. And the problem with that is it doesn't last because you're only yeah. like you're just treating church sort of like a fix. Right. Exactly. And it's yep. not it's not something that's actually going to satisfy what what you need if you're just looking and trying to get what you can out of it. Right? Exactly. Um, so. And there's something so, really evil about it. You can see it in you can see it in your own marriage or something. If you were mm-hmm. governing everything in marriage simply by what you can get out of it, I'd say you're an evil sure. person. That That's awful. You can't live like that. Um, but we can't be like that when it comes to church. You know, just give me what I can can get what can i take out of this yeah no exactly exactly yeah yeah and the the marriage example is perfect it's scriptural so so it works great right (laughs) um and yeah 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 you wouldn't do that or at least you shouldn't do that in your marital relationship and we sometimes treat churches just kind of this i'm here to get what i can out of it and it's just it's yeah it's the consumer mentality but also it's just a a perhaps uh, for some people I know it was for me for a long time it was just kind of this lack of awareness of how can I actually be bringing God glory in the everyday things that I do mm-hmm. right right you have you have a lot of people struggling to understand how they can be bringing God glory um you know being a web developer, being sure. a plumber, being a, you know, you know, a school teacher where it's something that's not strictly in specifically in ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have that problem with some people who just don't understand or don't realize or don't 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 get how they can be bringing God glory in the everyday work that they do. I, I think in some ways it's easier to bring God glory just through normal life. And in all of life, we we understand God is calling us to do good for others. So I wrote a book called Do More Better. The whole point, live your life to do the maximum good for other people. As you do the maximum good for other people, you'll be bringing glory to God. Let your light so shine before men that they can see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So we're to live in such a way that we're, we're serving others. And so if you're really thinking, how can I serve these people? Trusting God has orchestrated all of this. Every person who walks through the door, every person I engage with, in some way, God has orchestrated this. I'm going to do this to the best of my ability and bring glory to him. It is such a freeing and beautiful way to live. It, there is still mundane work. I don't want to pretend that all work is equal and that all work is as significant. What the president of your country or prime minister of my country does mm-hmm. is more significant than what I do or you do. And we don't have to to pretend that's not the case, but that doesn't mean both jobs don't have great labor and great dignity and don't matter a lot before God. It matters. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's really important, like, you know, to, to pull yourself out of just kind of the tunnel vision that I think we Christians can get sometimes when it's, and it's, I mean, we can call it what it is. It's, 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 it's self-focusedness, right? Mm-hmm. When we're so focused on ourselves and our environment, it's, oh, I'm not getting what I want to get out of this. Uh, it's very easy to fall into the trap that everything we do is just worthless. Right. Very but if so. you blow the mind up a little bit and 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 get the better perspective of no, I am here for God's glory. Right. Man's primary 
purpose. Catechism one is to glorify God and enjoy him yep. forever, right? That's why we're here. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And it's very, very freeing. It, it doesn't make it feel mm-hmm. good every day, but it does. You do get it over time. Mm-hmm. You live your life that way and it, it matters. It really does. It does. It does. It does. So kind of big picture question here, Tim, this is just mm-hmm. kind of what, how, how, how you are viewing the church corporate, church big C, right? Capital C. They're in Toronto here in America, um, specifically those two countries. Uh, how? What do you think that the, the modern-day Christian culture's view or mentality is when it comes to just what we're talking about, serving and getting plugged into the local church? Yeah, I think by and large—well, I think there's been a bit of a, a struggle, to be honest, between churches that are calling their people to do too much— uh, there are churches, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, which is based on some things I've read lately, but I think there's a lot of churches out there that exist primarily to serve the ambition of their pastors. And so these pastors tend to see the the people in their church as a resource they can use to fulfill their dreams. And it doesn't take long before they burn their people out and their people realize that no church isn't about building the pastor's dream. So a lot of those pastors who are visionaries, who have great dreams of saving the world and planting a billion churches and all of that, some of them I'm sure are, are doing it very, very well. But I do think there's a dangerous ambition that can creep into that ministry mindset where you call your people to do too much and it's really not for them or for the Lord, it's for you. Because then you can go to the conferences and then you can get the book deals and all that. On the other hand, we don't want apathy, right? For people who are just showing up, doing the minimum, going home. And I speak at a lot of churches, and I can see some of those churches where 10 minutes after the final amen, that place, you can hear crickets yeah, in that building. The people are just yeah. gone. I've been to churches and asked. Nobody in that church had ever had anybody else from that church into their home. That's I don't You can barely qualify as a church when sure. you're just not living life together. So between that apathy and that just crushing pressure— to serve, serve, serve. I think we we find the sweet spot where we're uh, coming together as a community. We're living life throughout the week as community to the best of our abilities. We're loving one another. We're serving the Lord. We're using the gifts that God has given us and that God is really honored and glorified through it all. Yeah. Yeah. I want to touch on one thing you said there. I'm hoping we can suss it out a little bit more. You you made a correlation between kind of the lack of lack of desire uh, to get plugged in with the church and what what we could call the celebrity pastor kind of movement mm-hmm. that's rushing definitely through America. I don't know if it's running through Canada, um, yeah. but but it's there very badly. How how would you say those connect? Because I believe they do um, suss out how you think one affects the other a little bit. Well, the celebrity pastors are the ones we model ourselves after because they get the book deals and the conference spots. Right. And so they right. get to go up front and they have the credentials. How many pastors do you know on the speaking circuit, et cetera, the ones who write the books and, and speak mm-hmm. at the conferences, how many do you know who are known primarily for their great pastoral care, right? Yeah. Not no. many. No. We know pastors for their preaching, for that mm-hmm. external thing. Uh, we don't know for what they do quietly in their local church. And I'm sure some of them do. Sure. Uh, I sure. think we get into a weird place where our pastor, our church is too big for the pastor to pastor people anymore. And that needs to be essentially outsourced. Um, sure. But no, we we raise up our celebrity pastors almost invariably on the basics of statistics of something that can be um, easily quantified. So that's mm-hmm. the number of salvations. That's the number of churches planted. That's the number of um, people sitting in their pews, the number of staff members, whatever it has. 
Uh, you don't see a lot on the back of a book. Um, you know, this is Pastor So-and-so. He wrote this book and he pastors a church of 29 people. Um, it's always, you know, I think there's a cutoff of like 800 or something where they're not going to put it. It's embarrassing if you don't <laughs> it have needs at least to be, that. There needs to be at least 800 people right. or else your Otherwise book isn't just, being published. <laughs> right. Or they might publish it, but they won't put that in your biography, right? right. A little blurb right. on the back. Right. So yeah. we we measure these things wrongly. Some of the fi- we all know this. Like the finest pastors in America are ones we've never heard of. They're the ones who are Amen. loving their Amen. people, preaching good sermons, just shepherding yes. the flock. Well, many other pastors are doing good stuff, but I don't think they would be the exemplars of fantastic pastoral care. Right. Right. Well, yeah. No, and that's exactly true. And that's that's something that I'm hoping. Uh, is a resurgence, especially in the 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 more reformed circles, is yeah. is getting the value back to the local pastor and the local church. Because Absolutely. I I have been blessed hugely by your blog, by by people like like R. C. Sproul and uh, you know you know uh, John MacArthur and all of the really big names, but none of them were there when I am hurting. Mm-hmm. Right. None yeah. of them are there when I need to be confronted on sin. None right. of them are there when I need to be encouraged and held accountable. It's my local pastors that mm-hmm. are in my life, are texting and calling me, you know, multiple times a week, asking me how I'm doing, calling me out on on my junk. All mm-hmm. of that. Right. Right. They are the ones that are doing it. And that is where the value is. But yes. for some reason, we have we're kind of like Israel that wants a king. Right. Is, is yeah. we, we have we have just this mentality like, no, we need somebody to look at. We need somebody that we can say, yeah, that's my guy. You know, right. I'm of I'm of this person. I'm of this person. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's just we're, we're we're literally shooting ourselves in the proverbial foot when we yeah. do that, because yeah. we're. We're, we're forgetting and we're forsaking the, 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 the very thing that God has given us that is going to do us the most good. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. No, I, I fully agree. And I think there is a real call to simplicity. Yeah. Um, speaking yeah. personally, I, I get lots of, lots of really encouraging invitations to go hither and yon and sure. to, to speak at conferences, great and small and churches, great and small and all of that. And I don't take those things lightly. Yeah. But when people are in their absolute darkest moment mm-hmm. and they call me and say, can you just come and put your hands on us and pray for us? Yeah. That, that gives me a lump in my throat even now yeah. that and, standing in front of there and you're there. I'm there. Yeah. And yeah. just the honor of yes. doing that is it's so far transcends the honor of standing in front of hundreds or even thousands of people. The, the yeah. being there physically with them in the same space, even touching uh, as we pray about their, their the hardest thing they've ever gone through in their life. I, I can't I can't even do that without getting a lump in my throat because there's no, nothing know, that's man. a deeper, deeper honor than that. That is truly the, the great blessing of being an elder, being a pastor. Yeah. Well, and that is when you truly experience the church. Exactly. Right. And that's that when the when church you're... needs to be the church. All these yes. conferences are wonderful, but they're gravy. Yep. Right, they're, they're 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 gravy. Yes, I love it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, true. They're, yeah. they're the luxury we have. In, yeah, it's in, the sprinkles. because we have yeah. too much money and too much opportunity and all that. And it's great. Let's take advantage. Let's go to the conferences and enjoy them and be blessed by them. Sure. But yeah. the real thing is the local church. That's God's little outpost in my neighborhood, in your neighborhood. Yeah. That's where He's doing His great work, and we must must not forget that. We must not judge the church by what we see and hear at conferences. Got to judge it by what we see in 
our local churches. That's where God's working. Amen. I love it. Absolutely love it. So, all right, Tim, growing up in the church, uh, being in ministry, uh, anybody who's been in in ministry of any amount of time or grew up in the church any amount of time, you have those stories, right? You got those unforgettable, crazy, funny, hilarious moments and church experiences. There's been some weird ones. How about when somebody shows up who reads your blog and decides to visit your church? Um, And so, you know, especially through the summer, quite a lot of visitors are in Toronto on vacation. They're just like, yeah, I know that church, so I'll go there on Sunday. But what if they choose to come to church particularly to rebuke you for something you said? And not only that, like, I'm I'm a pastor of that church. After church is prime pastoring time, right? Like, find my people, talk to them, pray with them. And this person is on me and just really, really worked up and, and angry. So I've had a, a, that, that oh. happens at conferences, of course, sometimes, but sure. yeah, that's probably one of the, the stranger sure. of the episodes that happened in the local <sighs> church. Yeah. That's, that's fun because, because you can see them coming too, right? It's like, oh, it's like, yeah. I, I don't know this person. Our church isn't that big. They're a yep. visitor and they've got that face that's <laughs> about to rip me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they do not appreciate my view on fill in the blank. I believe it was actually divorce and remarriage too, which is just such a random thing to confront someone on. All right. Well, Tim, we are almost done with the podcast, man, uh, but not quite yet. It is now time for the Monday hot takes. And this is when I ask you a bunch of random questions. You can give me the first thing that pops into your head. You ready for these? Sure. Okay, let's do it. Uh, First one. uh, What's one band or musical artist that you're really into right now? Need to breathe. Need to breathe. Going old school. Good for you. Hey, 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 they've got some new albums out. They're good. I love those sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. I... They're the second best band of the 21st century. Second That's best right. Christian band of the 21st That's century. Right. right behind Petra, right? No, right behind Switchfoot. I would put Petra in the oh, band no. of the 20th century. Oh, Switchfoot. You're a Switchfoot guy, huh? That's okay. I, I really enjoy them and have since. I bought their first album on day one it released. So I've, I've been with Switchfoot wow. ever since. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, no, that that's fine. That's fine. They got some good tracks. Yeah. Uh, all right, Tim. You might not be able to answer this. Not sure. But what's the worst book you've ever read? Probably and, the and Shack. Ca- caveat. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. I don't need a caveat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a bad one. <laughs> there's been some real doozies. All the Heaven Tourism books, I think, were right up there, too. 90 Minutes in Heaven. Heaven is for real. Blah, blah, blah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, weird question. Besides war and diplomacy, what's what would be the best way for countries to settle disputes? Make something up. Rock, paper, scissors, obviously. <laughs> oh, that would be great. I'd love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, let's see. When someone finds out what you do or where you're from, what's the one question they always ask you? Do you know? And then they fill in the name of some random Canadian guy. <laughs> some random Canadian guy. Some, yeah. some oh, do you know player. Will? I think he lives in Alberta. <laughs> Tall it's guy, like, you know, we're not longer. that small, right? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> what is the worst genre of music? Uh, jazz by far. Jazz. Oh, oh, don't like jazz. Okay. All right. That's horrible. Yep. All right, Tim. What do you resent paying for most? What do I resent paying for most? Uh, my cell phone plan because Canada has the uh, highest cell phone plan cost in the Western world, I believe. All right, Tim. If you were a professional wrestler, what would your entrance song be? <laughs> the men- I'm loving the mental picture here as well. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, stuff. I'm yeah. just trying to think when the last time was I saw anything even closely related to wrestling. <laughs> well, I suppose. Just, I mean, I mean, pick a hype song, man. You know what? What, what gets you hyped? <laughs> Hello, Hurricane by Switchfoot. <laughs> 
Okay. That would also All probably right. tell you what my name would have to be or something. Just, yeah, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Hurricane Chalice, right? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Ring of Fire. Ooh, that Ring of be. Fire. There we go. That yeah. wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad. Okay. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee, always. All right. Uh, what is something about current Christian culture that is annoying to you, Tim? The overuse of the word gospel. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, gospel this and gospel that. Oh, wow. That's a whole different subject. <laughs> that is, but I, I see what you're saying, and I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Use it okay. precisely or it loses all meaning, right? It, it's true. It's true. Yeah, for sure. This um, is a gospel issue, my friend. This is a gospel issue. It's like, well, that's every issue. You don't that's have to say issue. it. <laughs> or no issue, depending. <laughs> or no issue, right? One of the what two. it is is a trump card. You can't. Yeah. You yeah. can't do anything once I say this is a gospel issue. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's kind of like saying, you know, God told me to tell you Exactly. This. It's like, exactly. like okay, okay I'm supposed to say you're wrong? Like, <laughs> right. I am willing uh, okay. to say you're wrong, by the way, but yeah, carry yeah. on. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, let's see. What's one food you could never give up? Uh, Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids. Oh, good man. Yeah. All right. So sticking with the movie theme then, have you ever walked out of a theater because uh, the movie was so bad? And if so, oh, what yeah. movie? Yeah, um, the mummy. Uh, I used to work <laughs> at a Starbucks that was right beside a, a movie theater, and there was sort of this agreement: movies for coffee. It's one of those movies, and I just thought, oh, this is just so stupid. But yeah, can't I, take it. I walked. It wasn't worth the before. coffee. Yeah, it, yeah. No. If uh, if you had to do karaoke, what well, what would your karaoke song be? Well, first I wouldn't because I'm as boring and introverted as I've said. So I never have and never will do karaoke. Um, if I did, I would probably just do something with no words in it. So like <laughs> the Chariots no of Fire soundtrack. <laughs> you just stand there and like... Yeah. Just like well, Rowan saw... Atkinson. Remember at the, the opening ceremonies yeah, of Bean. the London Olympics when he just did the one key? That was yes. one of the most brilliant pieces of comedy I've seen. And well, there were no words. Well, I saw I saw a video. A friend sent me a video of this guy. You know the all the the American TV uh, like America's Got Talent, Australia's mm. Got Talent, right? It was some guy uh, who did just that. His talent was he got up there with a microphone and it was like a karaoke thing. You oh, saw the line yeah. going across, and it was the song Tequila. Right, I saw. You know, that. and so it's playing, and he yeah. just goes Tequila like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the crowd goes nuts. Like we we Very get excited clever. about such weird stuff. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. All right, Tim, last question. If you could do one thing over at your wedding, what would it be? Uh, get a better photographer. Oh, I've heard that a couple times. Did yours just not, not come out, or were they just weird? Uh, they just didn't work very well, and he took it in some weird format that is apparently proprietary, so we've never been able to do anything with them. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's horrible. I'm sorry. That, yeah, that, that's it was sick. like some yeah. industrial, I don't even know what, but yeah. it's, like, it's like, no, you're not submitting them to the government. It's just me. Yeah. I just need it in a JPEG. Like, right. It's not yeah. that hard. It should not have been that hard. No, but apparently it was. Oh, that's funny. Well, Tim, uh, before I let you go, man, roll out the red carpet. Tell people where they can find you, uh, where they can go to read your stuff, man. Great. Chowleys.com. That's where I blog every day. And uh, if you want to read a book length thing, go to Amazon and look for Chowleys or go to Westminster Books and look for Chowleys and you'll find something. But the blog is the main thing. Right on. Chowleys.com. Everyone head over there uh, and read Chowleys. Uh, I 
you already do. I don't need to be advertising Chally's. It's, <laughs> everyone knows who Chally's is. Appreciate that. Uh, but you can also head on over to iTunes and leave a raving review and a five-star rating. We appreciate that here on the podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Facebook.com slash Everyday Monday. Instagram at Everyday Monday Pod. Thank you again, Tim, for being on the podcast. We really, really appreciate you spending time with us today. My pleasure. It's been fun. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us in the trenches today. We will catch you on the next step of Every Day a Monday. <laughs>